Okay, so what's Perik um, Bet Mishnah Yod? So generally, in order for the testimony of a witness to be accepted, he must be a qualified witness, not only when he's given the testimony, but also when he saw the event about which he's testifying. For this reason, an adult cannot testify about an event that he saw when he was a minor. The Mishnah lists some exceptions to this law. These are the cases in which a person, people are believed to testify in their adulthood about what they saw in their childhood. Ne'eman Adam Lomar. And a person is believed to say, Abba. I remember from my childhood that this is the handwriting of my father, Rabbi, and this is the handwriting of my teacher, and this is the handwriting of my brother. Even though he had not seen the handwriting of his father, teacher, or brother when he, since he was a minor, he can testify about it when he's an adult and thereby verify the signatures on a financial document. Since verifying signatures is required only in the rabbinic law, the rabbis had the authority to rule that such testimony is adequate. A person is believed to say, I remember from my childhood that on her wedding day, so-and-so went out of her father's house to the house of a groom with a veil over her eyes and with her hair untied. He thereby testifies that she was a virgin when she got married and is entitled to kutubah of 200 zuz. This testimony is enough because most brides are virgins in any event. A person is believed to say, I remember from my childhood that so-and-so who studied with us in school would leave the schoolhouse and immerse in a mikveh to purify himself to eat rumah. Or he would share rumah with us at the granary. His testimony suffices to let that person eat rabbinic terumah. A person is believed to say, I remember from my childhood that this place is a bet hapras. A bet hapras is an area of land in which a grave was plowed over. The sages were concerned that the plow might have crushed some bones and scattered them. They, be- they decree, therefore, that anyone who goes within 100 amma of the grave becomes tamet. Since the tomb of the bet hapras is only rabbinic, the rabbis decree that the testimony is acceptable. Um, a person is believed to say, I remember from my childhood that we would go this far from the city on Shabbat. The rabbis rule that such testimony is adequate because it concerns the laws of Tukhum Shabbat, which are rabbinic. In the following cases, though, a person cannot testify about what he saw as a child because they involve monetary law. However, a person is not believed to say, I remember from my childhood that so-and-so had a path in this place which ran through someone else's land. Or so-and-so had a spot for stopping and eulogizing the dead in this place. Um, in someone else's land. Since these t- statements concern the ownership of land, which is a monetary matter, testimony based on childhood recollection is invalid, rather than the testimony of two fully qualified witnesses is necessary. Now, before we start the third perech, uh, just some quick notes. The Torah imposes certain obligations upon a man who cohabited with an unmarried virgin who is a na'ara, a girl between 12 and 12 and a half years old. The laws are different depending on whether he violated her against her will or seduced her. So an ones, a violator, if he violated her, he must pay 50 shakalim. To results to the He's also obligated to marry her if she and her father agree and may never divorce against her will. The mafateh, seducer, if instead of violating her, he convinced her to cohabit with him willingly, he must pay the fine of 50 shekalim, but is not required to marry her. In the event he does marry her with the agreement of the girl and the father, he is exempt from paying the fine. However, like a man who marries a virgin, he or his estate must pay 50 shekalim as a ketubah should he divorce or die before her. 50 shekalim is 200 zuz, which is the ketubah payment for a woman who was a virgin when she married. In addition to these obligations... Both the violator and seducer must pay the regular monetary damages that are required of anyone who harms another person. So Mishnah, Peregimah, uh, Mishnah Aleph. This Mishnah lists cases in which a man who violated an unmarried virgin, Nara, must pay the, 50 fi- the fine of 50 shekalim as required by the Torah. In each case, there's some reason to think that he's exempt from paying, and so it is necessary for the Mishnah to teach that this is not true. These Na'arats have the right to a fine. Haba. 
על ממזרת ועל הנתינה ועל הקוצית. If one covers it with a נערה who's a ממזרת, נתינה או קוצי, he must pay the fine even though he's not allowed to marry her. So ממזרת is a female ממזר, ממזר, a נתינה is a female נתין. The קוצים were the people who settled Esher Shots at the end of the first temple era. When they were attacked by lions, they converted to Judaism in the hope of being saved. After their conversion, however, they returned to their old beliefs and practices. According to the Tanah of Mishnah, their conversion is not valid. But in all these cases, they've got to pay the um, the kanas, the fine, even though they're not allowed to marry. The Torah states that one who violated an unmarried virgin, Aram, must pay the 50 shekel fine and marry her. Since the Torah mentions these two obligations together, it must have been, it could have been thought that if the marital obligation does not apply, as in the cases here, the fine does not apply either. The Mishnah teaches that, in fact, he does have to pay the fine. Now, haba al hagiyorat v'al shivuya v'al shivcha shenifdu v'shenit gairu v'shenish tachruru pechutaz mibnot shelosh shanim v'yom echad. If one captive with a na'ara who's a convert, a ransomed captive, or a freed Canaanite maidservant who had been ransomed, converted, or freed under the age of three years and one day, he was paid the fine because despite her background, she's considered to be a virgin. Haba al achatov v'al achot aviv v'al achot imov v'al achot ishto v'al achit achiv v'al achit achi aviv v'al hanida. If one captive with a na'ara who's either his sister, his father, his mother. Says his wife, says his brother's ex-wife, his father's brother's ex-wife, or a nida. If they have a right to the fine, because although they are forbidden to him under the penalty of karets, they are not forbidden to him under the penalty of execution by court. If captaining with a girl would be punishable with execution by the court, the man would be exempt from having to pay the fine, as we're going to learn in the next Mishnah. In these cases, though, where the punishment is karets and not execution, he is obligated to pay. It's a general rule that a person who becomes liable to two punishments at the same time receives only the more severe punishments and not the lighter one. This is Kam Le Thus, for example, a man who cohabited with a virgin Nara who is betrothed does not have to pay the fine. Since the punishment for cohabitation with a betrothed or married woman is execution by the court, which is a more severe punishment than a monetary fine, he receives only the, punish- only the punishments of execution and is exempt from the fine. This rule is derived from a Pasuk in the Torah. We'll see this in the Mishnah. However, the Torah makes an exception where the two punishments are karet and a fine, in which case the sinner is punished with both. Have a great day.